It's about the supercontinent. It's about the Earth. It's about the life that lived here. I was thinking about a kind of prehistoric carnival of the animals. It's almost like a dance of the Earth. Composer David Ludwig is talking about our planet 250 million years ago, long before humans, even before dinosaurs, when there was one vast ocean and one giant supercontinent called Pangaea. Only David called his composition Pangaea. And I know a lot of people say Pangaea now, but um, I'm coming at it from a kind of ancient Greek. Maybe you'll have Greek people call in and say, no, no, it's this way, but um, that's just how I call it. <laughs> David is fascinated by this moment in Earth's history and all the wild creatures that walked the planet back then and how they suddenly went extinct. I'm Brad Turner. This is Centennial Sounds from Colorado Public Radio and CPR Classical, back for our second season. Each episode, we take one new composition from a modern composer and discover what inspired the music. Then we sit back and hear an exclusive recording of the piece in its entirety, no interruptions. David Ludwig's Pangaea is just a few minutes away. But first, the backstory. David Ludwig loves to let science inspire his music, and not just prehistoric creatures. Before he wrote the music for Pangaea, he composed pieces about the rings of Saturn, and this music about the Voyager 1 space probe. Why do you think you find so much inspiration in science? Science and astronomy and so forth for me, I guess it's very important in terms of having perspective as a, as a human being, both how insignificant we are in the universe, but also how significant we are as, as individuals. This is how David conveyed the sound of aliens tapping on the outside of the Voyager probe as it drifted through space. I imagined some intelligent life, some insectoid kind of gigantic praying mantises or something, uh, manti, <laughs> finding this, this Voyager and trying to figure out how to open the thing so that they could find evidence of, of mankind. It's science fiction, sort of, but it's also really sort of a romantic idea. It's a very romantic idea. Yeah, absolutely. But for me, I feel like it kind of works. I probably grew up watching way too much B-rate sci-fi as a kid. But David's childhood was also firmly rooted here on Earth with classical music. He has the Steinway piano that used to belong to his grandfather, the legendary concert pianist Rudolf Serkin. It's in David's home in Philadelphia, in a room where he writes a lot of his music. There are autographed baseballs from the Philadelphia Phillies and a pair of house cats named Uni and Schmoopy. So I can't hear you typing there. Oh, you can. I was just writing to my uh, wife about trying to keep the cats out of here. But okay, great. 
and there's a grand piano where David worked on the piece we'll hear in a bit. We talked to David over Skype. He says his grandfather Steinway played a role in some of his earliest musical memories. Yeah, it's the piano that many happy birthdays were played on over the years in the living room or when there would be a chamber music rehearsal. I, you know, feel very, very privileged to have his piano. This was the piano that was in the in the living room of, of my grandparents' house. I work on it every day. It's a, it's a beautiful instrument, and I, you know, I think about him a lot. And David has some of his grandfather's records. He especially loves this recording, Rudolf Serkin playing Beethoven's Moonlight Sonata. David and his famous grandfather have some things in common professionally. They've both taught at the Curtis Institute in Philadelphia, and both men have entertained sitting U.S. presidents. Serkin played piano at the White House several times, and years later, David wrote a piece that was featured at a prayer service on the day of President Obama's second inauguration. It's called The New Colossus, based on the text engraved on the inside of the Statue of Liberty's pedestal. It was, you know, it was an honor beyond words. It really was. And, you know, my grandfather played a lot for many, many presidents. He came here fleeing from Nazi Germany. And so that was incredibly meaningful for him to be able to give back to the country that welcomed him. Mm. And so, you know, in, in all these different ways that really resonated with me to, to have my music played for, for a sitting president. Um, apparently, Mrs. Obama said, oh, that was beautiful. And that, that about made my life. After that, I was like, okay, I'm, I'm done. I've, I've, I've done what, you know, what I'm here to do. <laughs> but he wasn't done. Far from it. This is a prolific, versatile composer. He takes a poem from the Statue of Liberty for one piece, and for the next... He jumps back 250 million years to this catastrophe called the Permian-Triassic Extinction Event. I was in Vail, Colorado for the premiere of David Ludwig's Pangaea. Imagine this. The sun was setting outside. The audience could look out the huge windows behind the stage and see the mountainside. And it felt like we all held our breath as the music began. The piece starts in the depths of this ancient ocean called Panthalassa. David asked pianist Anne-Marie McDermott to help set the scene of this prehistoric world by creating unusual sounds with her instrument. At the start of the performance, she picks up a mallet with a pink and blue rubber ball on the end of it and reaches into the open piano. She takes a super ball mallet and drags it across the strings, and it makes something that, to me at least, sounds like an ancient sea creature. 
very kind of muddy, murky sounds. David built on that sound world and evoked all these alien life forms in the ocean, trilobites and spiny sharks. There's a moment when the creatures rise to the surface of the water and see the moon over this vast ancient sea. David actually sprinkles in a taste of Beethoven's Moonlight Sonata here, that same piece his grandfather recorded decades ago. And then, things get a little wild. The second half of the piece moves on to land. The supercontinent is teeming with reptiles and other creatures, and you can hear these animals as they move around. It's almost like a dance of the earth, this movement. And then, near the end, the musicians pull back. All those wild animals vanish. And the music almost ends with a question mark. This is the part of the music David really wants listeners to sit with. This huge die-off that killed most of the species on the planet in 100,000 years or less. The blink of an eye, geologically speaking. Many scientists blame climate change and greenhouse gases just not the man-made variety. We're talking about prehistoric times, but this is also a commentary on what we face today. Yeah, it's a little autobiographical from the point of being a human. <laughs> so, you know, most of my concertos end with a bang. Uh, this one definitely ends with a, with a whimper. It kind of trails off it vamps, it fades um, really into nothing, and it's just suddenly there's no sound at the end of it. That ending struck me almost as sort of like an unresolved question. Is there is there a question you want to leave people with at the end of it? I think it, it leaves a lot of open questions at the end, that kind of why and how and what what might come next you know we think about extinction and and humanity and oh we're destroying the earth and and maybe we are but the earth i think will always recover it's it's us who may not so in a way there's a kind of reassurance there that there will always be some kind of life here on this planet um and in another way it's a it's a reminder of how precious what we have and who we are, you know, how, how precious we are. And now it's time to hear Pangea. We know that some of you may skip listening to the whole piece. Don't be that listener. You will miss out because the pianist on this recording, Anne-Marie McDermott, plays concerts all over the world, but rarely plays the part of prehistoric creatures. And you'll hear this supergroup of three-string quartets, the Calder Quartet, Lyris Quartet, and Aeolus Quartet that only performed together this one time. So treat yourself to this music from the Bravo Vale Music Festival in Vale, Colorado last summer, the first ever performance of David Ludwig's Pangea.
That was Pangea, a live premiere from the Bravo Vale Music Festival from August of last summer. Pianist Anne-Marie McDermott, who's also the artistic director for Bravo Vale, was joined by the Calder Quartet, Lyris Quartet, Aeolus Quartet, and double bassist Rachel Kalin. David Ludwig is still writing science-themed pieces. He recently wrote a new piece about the Milky Way called Spiral Galaxy. And earlier I mentioned his string quartet about the Voyager 1 space probe. You can find a video of that piece performed by the Dover Quartet at CPR.org. Next time on Centennial Sounds. We're on a musical road trip this season, and we head to another amazing venue in the Rocky Mountains. We hear a recording of Daniel Kellogg's String Quartet No. 1, played by the Pacifica Quartet at the Aspen Music Festival and School. It's another world premiere recording. That's next time on Centennial Sounds from CPR Classical and Colorado Public Radio. Composers write amazing music every day, and a lot of it's performed right here in the Centennial State. Our mission is to connect you with it. Centennial Sounds features recordings made in Colorado, sometimes in concert, sometimes at the CPR Performance Studio. We get to know the composer who wrote the piece, visit them where they work, and hear their stories. Thanks to David Ludwig, Anne-Marie McDermott, Calder Quartet, Lyris Quartet, Aeolus Quartet, Rachel Kalin, and the Bravo Vale Music Festival for sharing their music today. Todd Howe recorded the music for this episode. Cindy Carpian, Daniel Mesher, John Pino, and Rebecca Romberg helped produce the feature. Jeff Zumfeldy is our music advisor. Head to CPR.org for more on the musicians we featured today, photos from the world premiere of Pangea, and more episodes of Centennial Sounds. I'm Brad Turner, Colorado Public Radio.